0: This is the Lydia Project Conversations with Christian Women. Our name is inspired by the life changing conversation that Lydia had with Paul, recorded in Acts 16. On this podcast, you'll hear from a variety of women whose lives have also been impacted by the truth of the gospel. Your hosts, Tori Walker and Taryn Hayes, hope that you too will be challenged and inspired by how the gospel truths are being worked out in the lives of their guests, ordinary women who serve an extraordinary God. Today, your host is Taryn Hayes. Welcome again to the
1: Lydia Project Conversations with Christian Women. Today I have the pleasure of sharing some time and conversation with Barbara Rioch. Barbara is from Minneapolis in Minnesota in the United States, although she's lived in other parts of the U.S. and the world too. She's also the author of a number of family devotional books that introduce children of all ages to the big picture of the Bible. If you check out the show notes, you'll find a link to a comprehensive review of one of these devotionals called A Jesus Christmas. You can find it on the Gospel Coalition Australia We will also get to hear about Barbara's latest Christmas devotional, which will be hot off the press by the time this episode is released. It is called A Better Than Anything Christmas. I highly, highly, highly recommend these books for offering parents and families a wonderful tool in helping their children come to grips with the Bible. Barbara's own story of how she came to faith is very much centered around the power of the gospel through reading God's word. And I think you'll be very encouraged to hear her story today. Let's meet Barbara. Welcome to the Lydia Project. It is so good to see you again, Barbara. <laughs> it's
2: great to see you, Taryn. It's been a
1: while, so I'm grateful for technology. Oh, me too. Me too. It's been so good. I I feel like in this coronavirus time that that we've kind of been missing out for years of doing this kind of thing. It takes a whole pandemic to get people connecting more regularly in this kind of way when we could have ages ago. That's that's life.
2: Yeah, that's true. I think we have such a, a sense of urgency
1: and joy in being together. That's right. That's right. So my first question for you is, how did you come to faith in christ or even grow significantly in him what is your story
2: well i'm so grateful that my story is is really god's story because i was that person who was walking away from him i was going in the opposite direction really all my life i was considered the rebellious child growing up and the one who was always determined to go her own way but God used our newborn son to really lead me to Jesus. You know, I held that little baby boy in my arms and I just knew that my life was no longer about me and my husband. We love this little child now with a love that we had never had for anyone before. And at the same time as I felt a new sense of love for someone other than myself, I, always, I also felt you know, weak and I, I felt limited in my ability to have what it took to be a mother. Um, so I joined a young mom's group and there was a woman there who taught me a whole lot more than just how to mother a baby. She was one of those very experienced mothers who I just wanted to emulate in every way. But all along, I now know, looking back, that she was also praying for me and looking for opportunities to share Jesus with me. But after two years, really, of friendship, and where she was ready to talk to me about anything at any time of the day or night, Uh, she knew that it was the right time to tell me about Jesus, so she led me to Christ, and I can remember going up to my room after that phone call with her, and kneeling down for the first time, just even to humble myself like that was an act of God, (laughs) and it was really a prayer, of a, a, a skeptic's prayer, I guess you could say. I don't say that, with with pride i say that with sadness that i was really saying god if you're real show yourself to me but he did taryn it was beautiful he just changed my heart and the next day he prompted me to go out and buy my first bible i went into that bookstore and said i i need a bible and the woman said well what kind do you want and i said well a holy bible (laughs) and and so she sent me home with one of the a translation that i'm sure she knew felt that i could possibly understand at that time and i did i just i read it voraciously Uh, i felt like i had been invited to a banquet with all sorts of delicious food and i just wanted to eat it all up and so That was how God got a hold of my heart. And I, well, let's put it this way. I knew that I had been given a whole lot of food, but I guess I could say that I didn't understand the nutrition of it very much. I didn't know what I needed to stay healthy as a Christian. So I heard about a Bible study coming to our community. And somebody who was telling me about it said, you know, you, you probably won't be very interested in it because it's pretty rigorous study. But I thought to myself at the time, you know, that's exactly what I need. I, I had been studying other subjects all my life. I knew how to study and I love to study, but I had never studied the Bible. So I needed to be in something at my point in life as a young woman that was going to catch me up and get me ready for the rest of my life. So that was Bible study fellowship and I got involved with that and started to grow. We joined a church and did Bible studies with my church. So between church and Bible study fellowship, God really absorbed me in in the truth of his word. And so between Bible study And then just doing whatever God showed me to do next, I learned who he is and how he would work in my life with the aim of making me more like his son, Jesus. And that meant that he would teach me to say yes to the next thing that he showed me to do. And so, by God's grace, my husband Ron was uh, right there with me. We were growing side by side, and before long, our children were coming along. We were teaching them around our table after dinner, and then God was also teaching us to to follow Him. Ron and I both became teaching leaders for Bible Study Fellowship, and all of that was God's setup. To send us across the ocean to Cape Town, South Africa to start Bible study fellowship classes and a women's center called Rafiki. And that's where I had the joy of meeting you and your wonderful parents yes. and so many of God's beautiful people in Cape Town, South
1: Africa. Wow. So I've never heard your journey before, and I love that it really was the Bible that grew you, and that you knew that you needed to get to grips with the Bible and to understand it in order to grow. Because I think whoever it was that you know kind of tried to steer you away from BSF, but that's a, that's a norm. I think people think we just want to be fed on milk for the rest of our lives, but really, at the beginning of our our journey, that's often when we just want to you know just consume it all. And Mm -hmm. to be able to be directed somewhere where there's some really good, solid Bible teaching is just so important. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad Mm -hmm. you were. And your kids are now involved in ministry themselves. Is that right?
2: Yes. At the time that we went to South Africa, our oldest son was getting ready to go to seminary. And he ended up, he and his wife were in in school at the same time, and they spent their years in seminary. They're now in full-time ministry, leading a church in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And our our youngest daughter and her husband are missionaries for the Seed Company, which is a subsidiary of Wycliffe. And so they do Bible translation in mostly in Africa, but in many Francophone speaking places around the world
1: yeah and if you had to go back to Barbara before kids would you ever have imagined that this was (laughs) the place you'd be at now
2: (laughs) no never as I said I was I'm just such an example of how God's grace can transform a person because I was definitely one of those people who had my own way of doing things and uh, was going in the opposite direction, very skeptical of people who call themselves religious. (laughs) And look at you now. (laughs) And Um. yet at the same time, Taryn, I, you know, there was also, oh, a fascination with the truth of God. I can still remember markers along the way of truths I would hear from people who were obviously Christian that sunk into my brain and eventually into my heart. Mm. So I was always one who I'd say was seeking after truth. I love to listen to people who felt things deeply and thought beneath the surface about things. So I, I look back on that and know that that was God's spirit drawing me even at the time. But I was pretty bent on living the way I wanted to live. And
1: God got you.
2: <laughs> he was so good to melt my heart through a yeah. child.
1: Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. But yeah. That is so touching. Uh, I, I, I can't remember who it was, but similar story where they saw their firstborn and went I, I I need to do something now, because mm-hmm. if ever there was a time, it's now where I need to be responsible about the future of somebody else as well. So mm-hmm. God is so redemptive in so many ways, and how wonderful to use the birth of a child. That's like, so exciting. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you've mentioned um, Bible Study Fellowship, and that's obviously a ministry you've been involved in for many years. Could you tell us a little bit more about it, and what other ministries you might be involved in?
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, so during the years that I was in Bible Study Fellowship, we moved to various other places, and I became what they call a teaching leader for BSF. So I just, it was one of those things God asked me to do long before I was ever capable of doing that. In other words, I wasn't chosen because I was the one who could put it all together and, and give a fantastic lecture. It was really God's way of saying to me, okay, I do call my children to tasks that are impossible for them because I I will show you something about myself through this. Through your inability, I will show you my capability. <laughs> and that's exactly what God did. He taught me to trust him, that he would never let the righteous fall, but he would equip. And the same time as he would show me that, he would also show me that how great his power is through my weakness. So through the years of, of teaching his word, he was so kind to, and merciful to me in that way. Um, I, I had the privilege and blessing of meeting so many wonderful people who were bent on following hard after God. And through those years sat under the teaching of wonderful teachers and writers and leaders. And then, when we heard about people praying for Bible study fellowship classes in South Africa, God used their need to tug at our hearts to go. We had had the benefit and blessing of so much ourselves. We couldn't imagine that people who really wanted a little taste of this wouldn't have it. And so, God used that to pull us out of our comfortable arena we were anything but what you'd call missionaries we were living a very middle class regular life in Michigan in the United States uh, my husband was really at the a very comfortable place in his career and our children were developing our our oldest son and his wife were getting ready to, or his fiance were getting ready to get married. Our middle son was in college, and our daughter was 16 years old. We were at least likely candidates to do something like this, but it was God, and we got ourselves ready to go and left, and we had seven years of watching God every day do impossible things to get his word out. So when it was obviously time to pass the baton to national leadership, we couldn't have been happier to do that. It was a blessing to have taught God's word and and equipped others through the years to be leaders and trainers of people. The other ministry that we were involved with in South Africa was called Rafiki. And that was a job and life skills training center for young women. And so during that time, while I was teaching young women, and we're talking high school women, I had so much fun doing the morning devotions with them. And we studied the attributes of God. And I learned through that process how to take particularly Old Testament passages of the Bible that told stories and pull out the the attribute of God that was most evident in the life story of, of one of the biblical characters. And it I loved that so much. So when we got back to the United States and I was asked to be the director of the Children's Division of the International <laughs> Organization of Bible Study Fellowship, I was a little puzzled at first because I had always been a teacher of of women and not really of children. But then I remembered back to my Rafiki days, thought, you know, I just loved relating to young women about the truths of God. And, you know, I really do tend to explain things rather simply and I love dissecting things and just coming up with the lowest common denominator of explanation (laughs) anyway so that well maybe that would be a good role for me but again it was one of those things that that only God could do Um, while we had been in South Africa God also gave me the blessing of writing two collections of devotions for my grandchildren One was for Christmas, and one was for Easter. And so when somebody asked if those could be published, uh, that was another kind of, oh, well, well, maybe that was one of the reasons, too, that I'm, I'm working with children. This was so much fun. I put these together for my grandchildren, and they ended up being a way to minister to other people's children as well.
1: So you wrote why Christmas and why Easter, which one came first? Why Christmas came first.
2: And then wrote that sitting at my little desk in Cape town and just thinking to myself, how can I effectively minister to my family when they live 10,000 miles away? But through this little book did amazing things, you know, I have a memory of you during that time, Taryn. Hmm. I don't know if you recall it quite as well, but we were at your parents' house for lunch, and you were creating a beautiful advent calendar. Uh. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> uh, yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I do. And you had a little caricature that you had sewn that fit into each of these little pockets That's right. of every day of the month. And I was so impressed. And that I can't really remember if that came before or after this project that I was working on. But I fully consider that one of, one of my inspiring moments
0: Oh, wow. that you
2: as as a young woman would be so interested in your children learning the truth about why we celebrate christmas and of course that was exactly what i was most interested in too at a time when kids can go off in so many directions and the world would pull them into other fascinations it's our moment to yeah. tell our children why we really uh, celebrate this holiday
1: yeah don't i don't remember the specific time i do i do remember the advent calendar because i was sewing those little squares wherever i went to try and get it done in in time (laughs) and we still use that advent calendar every year um but beautiful yeah but how wonderful to be able to share our gifts in ways that we we not only benefit our own children but the children of other people yeah i Love that your book has been published. And we've actually benefited from a follow-up book that you've done. Just remind me the title because, of course, now it's slipping my mind.
2: Sure. A uh,
1: Jesus Christmas. That's right. So we've got hold of A Jesus Christmas, and we did it together this past Christmas. And and I was so excited about it. I shared it with our church, and numbers of people actually picked up copies. Our pastor bought about 10 of them or something, and then people bought from him. And I love the idea of using times like Christmas and Easter to really focus on the things that matter. Because as you said, there's so many things pulling the attention of children, especially around these times of year where the focus can be on you know Easter bunnies and Santa Claus. And Jesus kind of gets a little cameo mention. And I know for myself, that's why I did the Advent calendar and a number of other things with my kids, because I really wanted them to have an understanding of Christmas and an excitement about Christmas because of Jesus and why he came. And so to use that time to give them an overview of the Bible to see how Jesus fits into the big picture was what I really wanted to do. And I loved doing your Jesus Christmas because it was the same thing where you could see how Jesus fit in to the whole Bible story and God's great plan for us. And it's beautifully done. One of the things I loved about it is it's simple, but not in a watered down kind of way. It's simple, in a, a full of wonderful truth, um, deep truths that can be grasped by children very little. And then you've got questions that are aimed at older children as well. So it doesn't feel like you are dumbing it all down for the toddlers and the preschoolers. But the you know elementary aged kids and the high school aged kids can also really get a lot of value from it and yeah so we we quite enjoyed experiencing it and I and I'm so grateful because it means so many other families around the world actually have resources you don't have to try and sew up your own advent calendar they can pick up a book and get the big picture in that way which is fabulous it's fabulous mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and something else I've really liked about your book is that. There are other resources like that out there, but a common problem I find with some of the resources is putting words into Jesus's mouth or putting words into God's mouth in terms of telling the story and what people did and how they did it, whereas your devotional steers quite away from that and and you don't put your own imaginings into the story in such a way that it's very hard for the child to separate what is actually in the Bible and what is just the author's interpretation. So that, I find, is a very good and valuable part of your... Your devotional as well which is fabulous.
2: I think it helps kids to understand a big picture of God's word that you know that Jesus is the plan for sending Jesus started right at the beginning and we trace that on through to his coming and to his coming again and to his forever kingdom. So when you give kids a big picture like that, then they can understand the individual stories more clearly. And so that is part of a Jesus Christmas. We start in the garden and, and we're going all the way through the kingdom development. But we also, in that book, talk about who Jesus is, why he is the tabernacle, why he is the bread for the children of Israel in the desert. Right. So, it helps kids understand how the Old Testament connects to the New Testament. That's right.
1: That's All the right. the
2: prophecies about Jesus and Taryn. In my heart is a passion, really, to make parents successful in the job that they have—the joyful job of discipling their children. There's nothing that gives me more pleasure than to equip parents in this task of discipling their children. They are the ones that are up close and personal with their kids. They have the call of God to do this. And yet so many of them feel like they don't even know where to begin. That's right. And as you said, the resources generally that are available to them might even be the wrong age category for their kids are more complicated than they need or longer (laughs) than they need. So it's hard to stay consistent and concise and truthful. And so I, I really prayerfully strive to do all of that, to keep it simple, concise, doable, so that parents can be consistent and really get a powerful time with god's word every time yeah. they approach it with their kids
1: yeah and I, I think i think you've done a great job it's fabulous but you're clearly not finished because there's another book coming out called <laughs> a better than anything christmas to be released in september of 2020 in fact by the time this airs it's probably just been released so i do encourage people to go and have a look and see tell us more uh, more about that book who is it for and what are their felt needs
2: Yes, yes. Well, again, this is a devotion that's ideal for families with children of all ages. So this little book will will help parents talk about faith with their family. I mean, you're going to talk about the important things. What does it mean to trust Jesus instead of your own goodness? And How do we talk about repentance? What does it mean to live for Jesus and not for ourselves? So these devotions are for all ages. They're for children who already believe and for those who do not yet believe in Jesus. And it'll equip parents to talk about the most important things with their families.
1: That's awesome. Key message in your book, what would you say it is?
2: Yeah, a better than anything Christmas is a 25-day exploration about Jesus's life, what Jesus's life gives to us, what is his gift to us, 25 ways that Jesus is a gift to us. I think we usually think of Christmas as a time to make our own wish list or to give gifts to others. But the Bible tells us that Christmas is about the gifts that Jesus came to give to us. And so all of Jesus's gifts are better than the best of gifts that we could ever ask for. And each day kind of follows that same kind of theme that starts with something that we consider just a great gift for Christmas. But then what is the gift that is even better that Jesus gives to us?
1: Yeah. Yeah. How how are you hoping it's going to impact the people who read it?
2: Well, I think, you know, if we think in terms of parents, I think parents are going to feel equipped to talk about what really matters with their kids and that is Jesus. They're going to have an opportunity to talk about why he came to live with us and for us. And I think that they'll feel satisfied with the success that they will feel in keeping Jesus central in their Christmas celebration. It's something we always want to do, but the time gets away from us and the activities crowd out our time. But if we just spend 10 minutes a day keeping Jesus central, I think parents will feel very satisfied that their family knows why Jesus came. I I think families will feel closer as a result of going through this devotion together because they will have talked about things that are beneath the surface. Christmas isn't just about activities. It's about what Jesus has done for us and what, what he is doing for us in our hearts. And so families will feel closer when they discuss eternally significant truths and i think children will have a sense of gratitude in their hearts too i think they'll feel grateful to jesus in new ways as the one who is the giver of all good gifts that he is the giver of gifts to them I think they will feel a grateful that he opens their eyes and their ears to hear truth, to see the truth about Jesus. And I think they'll feel grateful to their parents, too, who love them enough to tell them life's greatest truths. And so it's a win for everybody, parents, families, children, yeah. Yeah.
1: communities, churches.
2: Yeah because we'll keep Jesus at the center.
1: Yeah. Now, as I'm listening to you, I can see the value of you having written now a third Christmas devotional. But just so the listeners can hear from you, what were your reasons for writing this particular book?
2: Well, I think, I think my reasons have to do with what I said earlier, that I, I really have a passion to, for discipling children I, I think they are the most uh, unreached people group <laughs> for the gospel in our world today. I feel like a missionary to children, actually. Yeah. And they are fertile ground. They Their hearts are ready to believe what any trusted adult will tell them. And so yeah. if we tell them the truth about Jesus, they know we love them. Their hearts are not clouded with cynicism or judgmentalism or skepticism. They are ready yeah. to believe uh, statistically most people who are in Christ look back on a time between their the ages of 10 and 12 in their childhood mm-hmm. as the time when they came to embrace Christ as their savior. And so... It is prime time in an individual's life, not because of the growth and development charts per se, but because this is the way our Creator has made us. And God has placed these children in families so that, according to what He says in Deuteronomy 6, they will hear the truth of God and put their trust in Him. And so, again, how can we equip parents? to enter into this calling from God and this prime time from him to not be afraid to open up his word and just very simply go through what he, who he is and what his plan for sending Jesus is. So that's why I write these books, Taryn. That's why I write the, the family devotional material, that I continue to write, because I just, I want to show parents how simple it is. I want to make them mm-hmm. successful in their calling from God.
1: Thank you. Again, as I'm listening to you, I'm going, it totally makes sense. I feel like you should be doing it year upon year, because I I love that you can take your devotionals and do them repeatedly, but also it's great mm-hmm. for there to be new material, and for folk, as you said, life is busy, and you know, parents can't always come up with their own devotionals or necessarily go do lots of research and that kind of thing. So when somebody finds an author that has written something that they feel is good and solid and, and hits the mark for their kids, to be able to go, well, what else have they written? Because I know that I'm safe here. I know that this is good and edifying for my children. It's really comforting to be able to go, oh, they've written something else. And And I know that I can trust this devotional material for next year and the following year. So I don't think your job is over yet. I think, I think you'll need to have as many devotionals as the Lord gives you in years to come. So (laughs) I'm looking forward to many more.
2: Well, since this pandemic, God has opened another door that is just delighting my heart so much. Just after the pandemic started, I heard from a colleague who runs a Christian school in Rwanda. And she said that the children had all been sent home and that they they really needed some material to send through WhatsApp to the different families to just keep them focused on Christ during this difficult time. And so I began to send her devotional material that she in turn sent to the families but god used that to prompt my mind to think of other people who could possibly benefit from this i mean schools were shut down churches were shut down and many churches are small enough that they don't have material readily available so after my my international interactions for many years with bible study fellowship i went through some of my contacts on different continents and just to see if if there was a need and by god's grace this has grown and continues to grow and there's quite a A group of people who collect these devotions on a weekly basis then and send it out to the highways and byways of the earth. And I'm so grateful that through this time of lockdown and isolation and really a tendency to fear and frustration in people's lives, that God can use this material to strengthen families. And that is indeed what is happening. God has allowed families a very unique opportunity during this international crisis Mm -hmm. that we would be locked down and shut away, but really simply put, weaned from all the other activities that in many ways worked to distract us from some very important things. Mm -hmm. And so here we are, we're putting material into parents' hands again to make their little church, their family, powerful for God's kingdom purposes. And so for such a time as this, I'm grateful again to be useful to the Lord for this
1: purpose. Yeah. So it's quite clear that this is a big thing on your radar at the moment, and you're quite passionate about it. What else are you passionate about? Yeah.
2: Well, personal study for sure, supporting our family in what? Every way we possibly can. We're so grateful to live close to our missionary kids here in Minneapolis right now. When our son-in-law is over in Africa doing Bible translation, we are practically living with my daughter and her three children, supporting them in every way possible. I love being on the ministry team, the uh, women's ministry team at my church, and picking up pieces with Bible study and, you know, working, working on planning for the future in terms of what studies to offer. But yeah, God is, God is very good and I'm grateful.
1: Oh, that's fabulous. Yeah. I, when I interview grandmothers, I've said to them generally beforehand that you're absolutely allowed to say your grandchildren. we can be passionate about our grandkids that's awesome
2: well I truly am and I'll tell you it is so much fun every Thursday to be on a zoom call with my daughter-in-law and my granddaughter so three generations of reox are on this uh, zoom call with about 25 other women while my daughter-in-law leads this bible study and we're just having so much fun together oh that's great. great it's a oh, real privilege
1: <laughs> and and to think that if it hadn't been for this pandemic you wouldn't have had that little window into their lives because it just it wouldn't have been thought of so that's, that's so great true. Yeah. what's keeping you standing firm now and growing as a christian
2: well you know sometimes it just it comes down to some some life disciplines. And, you know, strangely enough, the pandemic, again, I will just go back to that, allows for some very deliberate, consistent time with the Lord every day. So I am so grateful for that daily discipline of being in God's word, going through the Bible in a year, having time to pray, my husband and I love our prayer time together in the evenings. We've gotten in the habit of reading a psalm together and praying the words of that psalm. We're using the psalm as a a prompt to our prayers together. We consider that a very important part of our daily routine. So being saturating ourselves in God's word, but then also being deliberate to follow through with what he tells us to do and i'm i'm asking god to teach me more and more what it means to abide to abide in him and and live in his presence every every minute of every day that's i just I don't want it to my life to be about him. I want my life to be him. <laughs> mm. yeah, <laughs> if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I just want to, him to be in me and through me, and I I don't want to just know about him. I I really want to live in him more completely. Yeah. Uh, so I'm learning. I I'm a lifelong learner in in every sense of that word. I just love being with him every day.
1: Yeah. 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 That is super encouraging. And it's true. I mean, we do know that our journey with the Lord and, and his sanctification sanctifying work in us. It doesn't come to an end before we see him face to face. But it's really encouraging to hear it from somebody's further down the road than I yes. am. And mm-hmm. Ready to be encouraged by the joy that you have in in still learning and still growing and still abiding, which is awesome.
2: <laughs> and you know what we call that in from my generation, Taryn? We call that reverse mentoring because I learn so much from people <laughs> your age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of the passion you have in uh, in your walk with the Lord spurs me on. So I'm very encouraged to be around younger women today and to learn and grow from the things that God is giving you as well.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'm encouraged by that. I I see the same for me when I look at, you know, the new moms and the early marrieds and, and, you know, the early stages of being a parent and the their excitement about living for Jesus in this new phase of life and yeah Mm -hmm. it is it is quite encouraging but I don't often think of myself as being like I've never thought about that reverse mentoring or reverse encouraging for the women you know above me or who've you know further down the road than me because I'm usually so much in awe of what they're doing and learning and learning that I don't think I don't think like that. So that is quite encouraging to know that we actually do all encourage each other. And I see it when I look at the younger women. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's a good point. I'm sure you have many favorite passages in the Bible, but could you share just one with us today?
2: I would love to. I would love to share Acts 1, verse 8, and it says... But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that is particularly encouraging to me, uh, first of all, because it's about God filling us with his Holy Spirit, his anything that is done of eternal significance in our life is because of his spirit working through us, right? So his spirit works in us and through us to accomplish his eternal good. And I see here in this verse that rippling effect of whatever he's doing in us doesn't just stay with us. It really gets pushed out to to the ends of the earth. And so... Uh, for us, you know, in physical terms, that was South Africa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's your home, but yeah. it it was a far away place at one time for us, and yet it's also just spiritually significant because whatever God does, we probably don't even have a little clue of all that God is doing with each one of our lives.
1: Yeah, whatever
2: yeah. he is doing in your life today he will make sure that it is like a seed that is blown out there and planted far away it it will have lasting consequences lasting purpose lasting production because of his spirit that yeah. is working through it to grow it and nurture it and cause it to flourish he is he's faithful and powerful
1: he really is and your story is so illustrative of this because you were writing those devotionals many years ago back in cape town for your grandchildren and today people in rwanda and all over africa have seen from the beautifully encouraging stories on instagram and facebook that you know you're obedience to the Lord in sharing His word in this kind of way is reaching the ends of the earth, and I'm excited because, as you say, it is a ripple effect, and you know those kids who are growing up hearing the gospel in that way go on to be the leaders and the teachers and the faithfully living Christians in the next generation. so one eight one eight in action that's awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love it well this kind of brings us to the end of the interview so i'm really so grateful that you gave me some of your time and i'd be able to catch up again so thanks so much for for that
2: thank you taryn it has been a delight to talk with you
0: today it really, really we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the lydia project we would love you to share this episode with others whether that be by word of mouth, social media, or leaving a review on iTunes. You can find us on most platforms using the handle at TLPCWCW. Special thanks goes to our platform host, the Gospel Coalition Australia. Music is Wholesome 7 by Dave Depper and voiceover is by me, Jennifer Mary.
1: Hi Lydia Project listeners. Last episode, Tori shared some of our exciting news the Lydia Project is Moving Platforms. We are very excited about all the opportunities that being more independent allows us. And we are thrilled that the Gospel Coalition has been awesome about our desire to spread our wings. They have given us their gracious support and their welcoming of future collaboration. We love what TGC Australia does and we love their commitment to gospel truth and we really value being in partnership with them. So we really want to express just how thankful we are, especially to Andrew Moody. He is the editor at the Gospel Coalition Australia, and Andrew took a chance on us right in the beginning by adding a non-sermon podcast to TGC Australia's stable. And he has been so supportive ever since. He has given us much of his time and wisdom and expertise as we've learned the ropes of podcast publishing. We also want to thank Arcos Bailo, CEO of TGC Australia, his support and the editorial committee for their thoughtful insights and their time. We look forward to future projects with the Gospel Coalition Australia and we are very excited to see how God continues to use TGC to spread his word and strengthen his followers. Now while this is the last episode to be published on TGC's platform, it's not the last episode of the Lydia Project. So what does this mean for you? Well. If you already listen to The Lydia Project on a podcast app, you can keep listening because future episodes will continue to upload seamlessly. But if you normally listen to The Lydia Project directly from the Gospel Coalition's website, then you need to switch over to our new home. And our new home's address is tlpcwcw.podbean.com. Or you can find us on any podcast app. We will share more of our vision with you over the course of the next few episodes. But in the meantime, we want to thank you for praying for us, for listening and sharing these conversations with others, especially those who need encouraging or those who have not yet trusted Jesus. And we want to thank you too for giving us helpful and encouraging feedback, which we really value. We are thrilled to have you continue the journey with us.